2020. Your host this week, myself, Lee, and Reed. Wow. Just because you're in the flesh doesn't mean that our <laughs> listeners still don't have uh, don't have audio. Uh, so here we are back in the office fighting the air conditioning uh, for supremacy as, uh, yeah, it's 32 degrees it's going up to today. Today? 32 degrees Celsius. I didn't even Celsius. check the weather. I should have yeah. worn jeans. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. I'm wearing shorts. Look at me. I, I know, feel, I feel like a dummy. I, I feel out, the breeze. I went out to go get a sandwich and goddamn, I was boiling. Uh, so why are we recording this on a Monday? Well, uh, we're going to review AW Dynamite from Wednesday, May 27th, 2020 and get ourselves back on track. Uh, I will not be reviewing The Big Show Show and Total Bellas today. People, oh, are, no. just turn, people are just turning off the show. Yeah. Oh, They're just no. like, fuck it. That's it. Unsubscribe. Zero stars. Um, that will return this Friday with me uh, probably reviewing the rest of The Big Show Show and a Total Bellas episode and then save the finale of Total Bellas for next week Friday. Uh, but you will hear me and Reed again this Wednesday as we get back to Public Beta Podcast and talking about Fallout New Vegas at the end of that as well. The uh, two months in the making return to our Fallout New Vegas conversation. And then, of course, this Friday, the aforementioned Tells of Slam. Back greater on. comeback from Star Wars. That's right. Uh, we're going to get back on track here. It's nice to be back in the office. It is, uh, it's nice to have windows. I've been working in a basement, uh, which is cozy as hell, but, uh, you know. I've been working in a small corner of my apartment with a cat and a girlfriend surrounding me at all moments. Wow. Yeah. What is best in life? Uh, <laughs> let's talk about AEW Dynamite. So I take notes now. Check this shit out. Look oh. at this. Look at this. This is the show. I got, all these, I got all the notes right here, baby. Right <laughs> well, in my that's, head. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah. Uh, so we begin the show uh, at Daly's Place, of course, in Jacksonville, Florida, the current home of AEW Dynamite. Yeah, we're not. We're just talking about Dynamite, right? We're not talking about uh, fucking Double or Nothing. We already talked about Double or Nothing. We did? We talked about it on the last show. We did. Yeah. <laughs> But there was a recap video of Double or Nothing. Listen, when you don't leave your house for like three months, these days and moments kind of fucking yeah. bleed into one another. Not only do days and moments uh, float into one another, uh, you also forget things happened, such as us recording this show today. You're like, I'm going to go pay rent. So I'm like, what about the show? And you're like, fuck. <laughs> uh, so we begin with the inner circle sitting on the back hitch of a truck. Uh, they are sitting in front of some shirts filled with stampede... Uh, stadium Stampede shirts that declare the inner circle as the winners of that event, which is just genius heel. Whoever came up with that, again, someone's killing it over on the on the creative team of AEW, which is to say probably just the wrestlers are coming up with these ideas, right? Uh, so uh, Chris Jericho's at least... They're well, not uh, even like new ideas. These are no. jokes you would find in any... These are such easy jokes, but the personalities like, yeah, push like it way how over. Many, yeah. like, I swear to God this was a That 70s Show episode where it was like, oh, good thing we only ordered two boxes. Yeah. Well, actually, I got 50 bucks. Santana opens the back door of the truck to reveal <laughs> that they have hundreds, if not thousands, of I stadium like, I like how at all possible moments, Santana Ortiz try to push that Mexican stereotype. <laughs> so it's not just it's not just I got a good deal and I got a lot of shirts. Uh, Santana has to re uh, reimply that it's his cousin, like big. big he's big, got the he's got the hookup. Yeah, yeah he's like, the, oh my cousin, my cousin yeah. down on Fifth Street got us a good deal, and you're like, oh wow, this is. <laughs> uh, it's you know, in any championship sporting event, they make shirts and hats for both teams, especially if it's going down to a game seven. You don't know who the champion is going to be, and apparently, historically, they have shipped. 
the stuff from the losing team that says they won to like other countries for like here here you go you know Africa yeah, here's just... a bunch of shirts that say the wrong team won the championship <laughs> uh, so for for them to Inner Circle to now be distributing they should just sell these on the website as a joke yeah. like Inner Circle winners of the stadium stampede didn't yeah. they lose that match I don't know what you're talking about yeah no and if they uh, were true heels they would just keep saying that they won it and they'd be like no you didn't and they're like yeah we did yeah. we won you wear the shirt our, sh- our shirt says yeah. it won- <laughs> we won what, why does the shirt say it then yeah. uh, Excalibur Tony Schiavone and Jr. introduce us to the show uh, we will have an interview with Cody tonight we will have the Inner Circle's pep rally we will have SCU versus Kip Sabian uh, Jimmy Havoc with Penelope Ford uh, Brian Cage will debut tonight Hikaru Shida will be in action uh, of course is our new champion uh, and you know first kick things off a six man tag team event <laughs> Brian Cage is on the action tonight reinforcing that AW has no testing program whatsoever <laughs> yes, it's fine. so you know what if Brian Cage is, might as well just let, let anybody who wants to do it just give her to like, see who can Chuck Taylor needs to get in shape, right? Like, they have like you know how they have like they have they have like best of the worst. This will be like biggest of the little. It'll be like just the biggest little guys. It'll be like Pat and let's Brian face it, Cage. <laughs> and let's face it, Kenny has always been a bit questionable. So I don't. Yeah, I don't. Him and, do Kenny in New Japan? Like, do they do testing in New Japan? I no. don't think so. Yeah, okay. it's Japan. There's a there's a few dudes in there with some fr- yeah. refrigerator Wait, chests. No, I need to tell you really quickly about this. M- <laughs> Please do. There's this, there's this MMA promotion in Japan called Ryzen, and this is like the freak show one where they'll put like 200 pound people against like 100 pound people sometimes. And they have this one female fighter who fought like a 50 year old female wrestler named Gabby Garcia. Sure. Look at her and tell me that, and then tell me Japan has steroid testing policy. I, w- I wasn't looking that up. Uh, what was her name? Gabby <laughs> Garcia. Gabby Garcia, I think. Garcia. And put Ryzen. Okay. Yeah. She's big. No, like big lady. Bigger than not. Bigger. Sorry, this is Bing. So. Uh... <laughs> okay. Anyway, I, she's I get on the steroids idea. a lot. Okay. Um, Japan doesn't have steroids, so no. I thought Kenny always looked very questionable. I thought he always looked very. Uh, he has he has that like not roid belly. It's not like fucking, but like he it's pushed out enough that you, you go. Oh, he's probably taking some drugs. <laughs> Whatever it has to be. I'm I'm trying to look this up quick. Okay, what? there. No, sorry, I was trying to confirm something. Uh, so we have a six man tag to start the show. Private Party and Joey Janela versus Young Bucks and Matt Hardy. Oh, and honorable mention to Butcher and Blade, our boys. Oh, they they come up a lot during this match because <laughs> they were more featured in this match than Private Party was. Uh, backstage with the Elite. Uh, Kenny Omega and Adam Page decide to head out to the bar uh, or to their room. Kenny says he's got some milk chilling. Young Bucks ask Matt Hardy to change what version uh, he is, which I think is a perfectly fun gimmick in this age of either pre-taped stuff or backstage stuff. Uh, And I also like it as a video game fan that a wrestler can... Change attire. Not only change his attire, but change his moveset based on his attire. Yeah. Completely fine with that. And if Matt Hardy had has been doing this the whole time... Is this a new thing for Matt Hardy? Is he's always been doing this? Uh, well, ever since he did his As part of the broken... Character. Yeah, the whole no. reincarnation thing is not new, no. Uh, anyways, the match starts. I have some notes here. Uh, Joey Janela hits a Death Valley driver on, a, on Nick and looks into the camera and says he's going to puke. Which, of course, is a meme from Beyond the Mat, which is a documentary everybody should watch if they haven't. Uh, Matt Jackson is still... A, he still has damaged ribs. He, he has a cracked rib or something. He's still in this match. At this point, I don't know if it's a work or a shoot injury. Because uh, all things point to him actually having injured ribs, but him still uh, taking part in these things. Uh, Nick super kicks Blade by accident. As I believe Joey Janela ducks out. Have, did you see Butcher's hair? 
Yes. Now he's got like the long mullet. Fucking it's weird. Well. Yeah. Get more uh, boy, please. Uh, Matt splashes upon the Butcher and Blade, and they start beating them up. The Butcher and the Blade are not in this match. <laughs> They're just two dudes that are inside. They're such big jobbers uh, that they get their ass kicked. They get their ass kicked not in the audience. They're not even in the match. Uh, hot tag to Matt Hardy. Uh, he levels all three opponents and salts onto the three uh, for a near fall. He, like, piles them up in the ring and tries to pin all three of them at the same time. Which is a good comedy thing, but what the fuck was the ref counting? No one's shoulders were fucking down. Uh, Mark Quinn works an injury spot here, where he goes into uh, he he pretends on a on a dive to injure his knee. I it didn't read well because it was just like what was the no it was, was the purpose of that it was fine to me. Uh, after a tandem dive on the young bucks, uh, he he injured his knee there. Uh, more bang for your buck. Matt Hardy covers remaining private party member whose name I have. <laughs> Isaiah Cassidy. Thank you for the W. That's why you need a co-host. Do this alone. Gets a post-match. Butcher and Blade beat down the Young Bucks, uh, and a car pull. A lowrider truck pulls up. Oh my god! And who is it? It's FTR. Who the fuck is that? FTR. Fuck the rest. uh, Is formerly the Revival. Uh, Dash and Dawson. Now Cash. It can mean so many things. And something else. FTR Uh, can mean so many things. It, it can. Uh, so they're here. They uh, they don't get in on the beatdown of the Young Bucks, of course. They beat down Butcher and Blade. Butcher and Blade now have been beaten up by two different tag teams. Fuck yeah, dude. Uh, there's a standoff between the Young Bucks and FTR, and that's the segment. Yes, good. Um, yeah. I, I, I totally like what they're doing with FTR so far, which is you could go a lot of directions with this. You could go the direction of, oh, we just didn't want anybody beating your ass except for us. You can go in the direction of we want you guys at your best when we're we're gonna face you, right? So there's no uh, there's no question about who the competitive best heels, is. which is something we don't necessarily have. Yes, they're yeah. Uh, I yeah. think they're gonna be heels, but like you said, yes, I think they're gonna be competitive in the sense that they're not gonna go out there and try to win by a fluke. It seems that they probably want to win on legitimate terms, right? Which is their which was the revival as well. Uh, yeah, no flips, only fists. They just get shit done through teamwork. Yeah, and mostly of all, I think they want to remind people how good of a tag team they are because it's been a long time since we've seen them in an X- NXT match where right. they were having. Was there any room. question these two dudes were coming to AEW? No, I don't think like, anybody was no. surprised. I'm hearing like rumors about Zack Ryder now. I don't. I uh, hope he doesn't go personally. I think. He's not fucking good at all. No, seriously, <laughs> Zack Ryder is, is he's not he's not a better wrestler than anybody on that fucking roster. He doesn't cut a good promo. He has that stupid internet bullshit going for him. This is the only a, reason he ever got over. And yeah, who gives a fucking twenty twenty? No, I don't think he has anything to offer AEW at this point. I hope he doesn't sign. Right. Uh, well, it's not up to him. Uh, so <laughs> so no, he, I'm just he, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. I hope he doesn't sign. I don't think he has anything to offer. After commercial break, we have John Moxley on commentary. I will just give a blanket statement here that John Moxley was very charismatic and fun to listen to on commentary. Oh yeah. He had good reactions to things and uh, like a good wrestler, he puts over his opponent, Brody Lee, from this uh, past week's pay-per-view and he looks towards Brian Cage, which will pe- apparently be happening at Fighter Fest whenever fucking Fighter Fest Brian happens. Brian Cage and his muscles. Yeah, uh, he's going to fight some muscles attached to Brian Cage. Yeah. Uh, Moxley basically says he's got to roll with the punches here. He's the champion. People are going to be coming at him. He's got to be ready for it. Uh, does put over that he's sore from the match, like a like a good fucking face wrestler. He's not like Brody Lee's a fucking joke. He's like, no, no, Brody Lee beat the fucking shit out of me. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Glad to still be I, your champion. I do very much yeah. like how in AEW, especially the main title scene, it's very refreshing to immediately go into a new program. Yes. I, I hate... Like, for WWE, and AEW may have even done this in some cases, but I hate how 
lose the title, goes to a new person, and next week right away you have to do the oh I'm so, I'm reinvoking my rematch clause, and right. then you're gonna have another you're gonna have a worse version of the match than you did on the pay per view. And the results still going to be the same. So why even do it at that? Point? I like uh, so if the TNT champion is going to be the ta- championship spoilers uh, will be defended every week, and it's going to be defended basically amongst the pool of let's say B card heels and faces on the show. So like a Jungle Boy, for example. Uh, I like the idea that the championship, uh, whenever they're able to, when a monster heel or a, a big signing or a new heel or something, or even we haven't seen it yet, but a face comes to the company that they can find creative ways to make it that, okay, here's a totally new wrestler and it's John Moxley's new opponent, I think brings a lot of, instead of doing it with an existing wrestler, so obviously they had the J.K. Yeah, Gardner thing. Yeah, they could have just had yeah. Brian Cage debut after John won the yeah. title and then uh, just beat him up and be like, oh, I'll see you next week. Right. Yeah. I like the idea of like, Brody Lee shows up, he finds a way to be the next uh, the next bad guy in yeah, anime by, sense by that stealing, the new character has shown yeah, up. Yeah, he stole yeah. the title, so yeah. John's attention is to him. Now Brian Cage has won through legitimate means. He's yeah. won a competition that allowed him a title shot, so now John has to focus on him. Yes, instead of going into the pool of who you have, it's like, who's John going to yeah, fight next? Yeah, instead of John coming out yeah. and just being like, I defend my title, who wants to come out next? And then another yeah. deal comes out and be like, I want It's good title. booking. It yeah. gives them a rub in a championship match on a pay-per-view. Someone like Brody Lee coming into AEW should not be in the championship match the first month he's in the company, but guess what? It fucking worked. Yeah. So, and the match was good. Uh, so they do a ladder match recap here. It's Taz! And Brian Cage. It's Taz. They appear. Uh, Cage goes to work on Lee Johnson. Poor Lee Johnson. This, this motherfucker. Oh, I wish Taz came out to the old beep, beep, yeah. beep, beep. The flat line. Uh, <laughs> drill claw, one, two, three. Uh, Taz calls out Moxley, Brian Cage, and Mox will fight at Fight. I fucking love how... Uh, they're just like man Taz's catch, uh, Taz's catchphrase from ECW was so fucking sick let's just give it to Brian Cage so, so uh, survive if you dare no what is it uh, like fight like fight if you dare survive it's like, if I let you yeah something like that yeah either way it's fucking awesome I thought I had it in my brain until you said something and I'm like no no it's, it's survive fucking, if I let gone. you is the ending the first one is like fight yeah. if you dare or something Britt Baker in a chair of wheels, as Matt Hardy would say, is ruled uh, rolled out here. And Britt Baker got over this, is, this week. This for is. Me. I was just gonna say, Britt Baker. This is her best yet. No. Yeah. Like I don't even remember anything she said except for <laughs> the, except the, for the, calling Chris Dantlander putting Chris Dantlander down. Put yeah, her over for her you. alien gimmick. Her yeah. calling it literally like word for word a crock of shit. I was uh, like, yes, Britt Baker, you're the most over again for me now. This was very simple heel heat. And she delivered it confidently. Uh, what I really like is all these kind of green wrestlers are getting all these reps on TV in front of no one. And that when the crowds come back, they're going to be that much better for it. Yeah. They just get to practice in the moment, live. You get one shot at this, don't fuck it up promo. Even like Sammy Guevara and the Inner Circle later in the show, uh, when they were all kind of riffing off each other, is, is perfect. Like, the, the, as, a, as a unit, these guys clearly hang out outside of the show and Do you believe NXT didn't sign Sammy Guevara? Uh, it's pretty wild now, in retrospect, because he's, like, maybe the greatest rising star in the entire fucking company, other than MJF. <laughs> yeah. uh, every he's, time a he's, heel, he's a heel for life. Samuel will never be able to be a face. Uh, it's, well, it's, <laughs> it's like, think think about it for a second. How could you do it? You can't. He's too douchey. Yeah. He's good as a comedy heel. He's too but, douchey to be I mean, a they face. Can, they can do anything. I didn't think Wardlow could have a personality, and then I watched this dynamite, and I'm like, oh, poor Wardlow. <laughs> so, anyways, she gets ruled out. She has her easel. Uh, she's using 
Uh, well, you have to excuse me here. She, Whiteboard? Someone she's calling Reba, but it is an actual wrestler from another promotion that wheeled her out here. You're looking at me quizzically. We'll look it up later. Oh, yeah, I don't uh, know who it is. She, she's, uh, she's like her makeup girl, but it's yeah. like an actual wrestler I or something. I didn't know who that was. Uh, sorry, ma'am. <laughs> down your name. Uh, anyways, the rule on the easel is don't hurt uh, role model. Injury is a conspiracy. Uh, she says... Uh, Chris Stantlander is an a- alien, which is just a crock of shit. Well, Sheeta yeah. is a cheater. She brings a kendo stick to the ring. She's a fraud champion. Uh, Nyla Rose didn't guide herself away from her legs as she flew through the air, so she thinks all three women in the match uh, were conspiring and then against she says, her. Who is there for all of my losses? Audrey. Yeah. Well, she brings out the web of uh, what does she call it? The web of evils, and in the middle, everything links to Aubrey Edwards, <laughs> who was either there every time she was injured or not, <laughs> which is fucking. Good job, Britt Baker. That was awesome. Uh, c- commercial break with an action figure commercial. Oh, so Britt Baker's uh, injury is not as uh, dire as we may have once thought. Uh, so hopefully in a few months she'll make a Cena-esque recovery and be back. Uh, action figure commercial. Uh, these apparently will be dropping August 2020. So save up your ducats and go buy that really weird John Moxley action figure. Uh, Alex Marvez is uh, interviewing the inner circle. He is promptly told to shut his ass or something along those lines. Uh, Orange Cassidy wanders through this uh, this interview and Chris Jericho is insulted. Back to the ring. Christy Janes, uh, who is not, is signed with AEW? I don't know if I've seen her previously. She's Brazilian. I've seen, I've seen her once before in a dark, I want to say. Uh, she's Brazilian and as I have written here, she is shaking her ass in the ring Fuck as yeah. Shida's music hits yes. and Hikaru Shida comes out. In her uh, Tifa gear. Yes, Christy gets a fair deal of offense in this match, which I thought was weird because you have your champion coming up. For, this is the first match after you've crowned your champion, and she's getting her ass kicked for the first five minutes. Right. Uh, but anyways, uh, it does end with a Falcon Arrow. One, two, three, Sheeta with the W. But she is not not like a John Moxley who's out there dominating fucking jobbers every week. Um, I, yeah, yeah, I think it's fine. Was, you know, whatever. I think there's been worse things that have been she's, done. She's a scrappy champion. Yeah. Uh, a Cody-esque Anyways, we go to picture in picture here, and because I'm watching the Fight Network uh, version of this, the audio tends to cut out during anything picture in picture or commercial related. So what I actually get here is Adam Page and Kenny Omega are enjoying beverages in a hotel room, and they have a milk jug on an ice bucket. They're talking to one another. I can't hear a single word they're saying. I can only hear the noise from the arena. So I hear people like yelling garbage. Uh, do you remember at all what these two men talked about in this? No, because okay. I, if I had picture in picture, it would have been literally picture in picture. Okay. Because I watch on My picture-in-picture picture just stays. And oh, yeah, I watch... JR's like, we're going to keep talking to you through the break, and then he doesn't, and I'm sad. Yeah, I uh, watch on TSN, so... Uh, Cody is here. My wife... To quote my wife, the belt looks kind of sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they need to go play that fucker. You, uh, you were right when I'm just like, hey, they're saying that they're going to add more to this belt, and you're just like, well, then don't show it. Uh, but it's like, well, the pay-per-view was there. They had to they had to do something. Yeah, it's like it's like releasing half a fucking game when none of the textures or walls are in it. You're like, well, you know, it's going to be finished at some point. And yeah, like, we're going to fix it later. Well, right now it looks like shit. Yeah, well, right now it looks like shit. Don't, don't give it to me. Yeah, is the TNT logo itself going to be changed on this belt? Because right now that's yeah, probably the biggest imagine the point. god of war 2018 trailer but instead of kratos and atreus it's their actual fucking actors in yeah. the mocap suits and they're like no it's fine we're not insulting the championship and what it represents no, and no, what no. it is we are talking about the actual aesthetics of the belt looked like something looked, you would make in wwe yeah it looks just like the font and the no it looks yeah. it looks like if you went on to 2k20 and you had to create a championship but you only had yeah. two minutes you're like all right i'm gonna slap a big 
fucking black DNT letters logo here. On the shit. I'll make the belt red, and uh, yeah, that's good enough. Good, looks good. Yeah, red, the color of blood. Uh, Cody says he's the first champion of America's greatest network. He says a lot of things here. Uh, no, most, no, most noteworthy. Uh, he goes on about how he isn't the most talented or best wrestler when they were calling up people to be part of this uh, promotion. He was not the first number they they dialed, uh, but he will outwork and outlast anyone. Uh, he announces an open challenge every week, uh, and he thanks everybody that during the pandemic era of wrestling, uh, people are still watching the show, giving them two hours every week, following along. Uh, it's a Cody promo, so it's it's pretty decent. Good. Always a six point five or above. Yeah. Uh, listen. Cody is the better than average man. Uh, yes, <laughs> he's got a lot of heart. Uh, he, could, he he cuts a good promo. He's got a lot of heart in the ring. It is what it is. But Cody is basically in this set telling you, "Listen, I'm the champion, and I know I am what I am in the ring. But I will be here every week, and I will be." <laughs> and now the question remains: uh, Do you think Cody holds onto this belt for quite a while? Does it run with it every week? Is the idea that we're going to start cycling this thing out hard to say? Right? Very hard to say. Uh, so he says, this is where the fun begins, and we go to a commercial break. Kip and Jimmy Havoc with Penelope Ford versus SCU, which consists of Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky. Frankie Kazarian beat down for ten minutes, I have written here. They're just beating the shit out of this poor guy. Uh, I like Frankie Kazarian. I like him as a singles wrestler. I think he fits. He only likes load, not reload. <laughs> <laughs> he's, uh, I feel like he's a good, like, just middle-of-the-pack dude. Like, just a great... Worker, no, you can definitely you can work with any style. He's got some cool moves of his own. Yeah, uh, he's definitely yeah. like a. He's definitely like. Um, What's he like? <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm trying to put a good. Uh, trying to put like a good thing on it. Uh, he's yeah. like Boston, the band Boston. Like they're no who, okay, and they're no Rolling Stones, but goddamn, like well, no one's. Are you, Boston has one album. Uh, every single Boston song you love is likely from uh, the. The one album that they have, <laughs> yeah. which is say it's one of the greatest albums of all time. Yeah, it's all but when you do hear that Boston, you're like, shit, yeah. that's pretty good. Frankie Kazarian is the Boston of AEW. Yeah. <laughs> it's been such a long time. Uh, we get a hot tag to Scorpio Sky. Uh, Mishinoku Driver combo um, is the is the finish here. Uh, so, yeah, they go for the pin. Scorpio Sky, uh, what I have written here, they do... A Mishinoku driver combo on Scorpio Sky after Penelope Ford grabs Frankie Kazarian's leg, uh, boot, whatever you want to call it, distraction finish. Uh, Scorpio Sky, I believe, is the one who takes the pin here. One, two, three. Kip and Jimmy Havoc will fight Adam Page and Kenny Omega next week for a championship. I don't know how that worked out. There was also a match on the pay-per-view pre-show where the best friends earned a title opportunity. So now the best friends will verse either Kip and Jimmy or Kenny and Adam Page. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say I think the championships will be retained. I think so, too. (laughs) I think, uh, like... I think, uh... There's definitely still more to do. It would be nice to get those take belts back on actual take. Because, like, you hate to see Kenny in this position where you know what he's capable of. Yeah, but Adam Page is, is wrestling next week. Yeah. Like, they're, they're back. If things are going to just keep getting back to normal, right? Yeah. And uh, I think I talked to you about this, actually, while we're on the topic of Kenny and, like, his performance so far in AEW. Yeah. But I speculated that Kenny accomplished all he wanted to in wrestling, as far as wrestling is concerned, in Japan. And as far as Kenny is concerned, he's like... All right, I did what I wanted to do in this in my career. Yeah, I'm getting older. I'm starting to hurt a lot more. I don't have many of these matches left. 
Um, so I'm going to devote the time I do have left in wrestling to building up this company, but more important, building up stars that can carry it once I'm A done. legacy. Yeah. Because yeah. Kenny doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that's going to be wrestling when he's 48. You know what I mean? He, well, based on the amount of work he's put in, uh, how, how can he, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that's that was kind of the, the thing when in the first couple months of AEW is everybody's just like, why isn't Kenny Omega being, why is he losing? Why isn't he being utilized as like their top star? It's just like because Kenny Omega knows he has an expiry date. And I, I've had no problem. Like he's put on some of the greatest matches of all time in AEW as well as New Japan. Uh, that tag match with the Young Bucks, for example, and stuff like that. Yeah, these are things that uh, when we look back at his, at his yeah, body I of think work, people are just surprised that they didn't immediately push Kenny as like their John Cena or whatever you want to call. This is not what the com- the company is, right? Yeah. And um, yeah, it's obvious now. Like speaking in hindsight, obviously yeah. that they had other plans in mind, which was getting younger guys over, like MJF, Hangman, and uh, Jungle Boy. And so far, they've been very successful in that. Absolutely. Part. Speaking of MJF, he's talking at us now in the show. Uh, he's been undefeated for over a year, but he has still to receive a title shot. Somebody upstairs doesn't like him. God. Uh, he and Wardlow are in the Battle Royale, uh, and he says when him and Wardlow are the last two in the match, Wardlow will, quote, know what to do. Wardlow starts to speak. MJF gets in his face and tells him to shut the fuck up. But uh, then it goes, ha just kidding, buddy. So it's the first bit of dissension yeah. uh, between the two. And listen, this doesn't need to happen next week. This oh. can happen in a year. But this little bit here and then in the match gave Wardlow a personality he did not have previously. Yep. Uh, and I like it because uh, more characters is what I come to wrestling for. I yep. like to see the different matchups, the different... Yeah. If I wanted to see no personalities fight each other, I'll watch UFC. If you want to see I no do, personalities fight each other, listen to the first few names that come out for this battle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we already know MJF and Wardlow uh, will be in this match. They come out... First, MJF's music. Uh, of course, they, they changed it at some point. It's sounding fine. Uh, Wardlow's music goes something along the lines of someone screaming, like, something, something, war, and then just, just, oh. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, after those two men enter the ring, we get Luther, oh, which may be his first time wrestling on AEW Dynamite. Yeah, I've seen him on Dark, uh, not Dynamite. The librarian, Peter Avalon. Oh, fuck who has yeah. no music and comes up trushing everybody. Lee's favorite boy. Oh, I love Peter Avalon. Uh, no, he he was on uh, Chris Jericho's podcast, and he sounds like a really nice guy mm-hmm. who trains wrestlers and knows his place on uh, the brand. Speaking of jobbers, Brandon Cutler is out next. Oh, God. Uh, both Brandon Cutler and the librarian are winless, I'm to understand, in yes. AEW. Uh, we get Christopher Daniels, the fallen angel. We get Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, and Marco Stunt. I don't know how they got their whole team involved here. <laughs> yeah, that's some uh, shit. Sonny Kiss, Colt Cabana, Billy Gunn, who even though he is surprised to learn he's in the match, has his full gear on under his clothes. Well, you always, you never know. You gotta keep those trunks yeah. on. Uh Orange Cassidy appears at the top of the ramp, and he is jumped by Santana and Ortiz as a, a, a payback for wandering into their interview earlier. MJF sits on the ropes behind Wardlow, and Wardlow basically swats away anyone coming their way. That's a fantastic spot. Luchasaurus murders Luther uh, with a roundhouse kick that I'll be thinking about for a long time to come. Anyways, Luther's thrown out. Wardlow eliminates Sonny. MJF follows up with a beating on Sonny outside the ring. Billy Gunn tosses Colt Cabana. Dark Order recruiter at ringside hands Colt Cabana a flyer. Uh, The way that the camera captured this was actually quite perfect. Because at first you're like, what's going on here? And then you recognize the guy from the Dark Order videos. And then he just kind of 
sheepishly hands Cole Cabana, hey loser, have a come, on, come join. <laughs> hey, us. you just lost a match. A uh, single match. During the commercial break, Peter Avalon and Brandon Cutler eliminate each other at the same time. Excellent. Excellent. Excellent spot. Uh, Wardlow clotheslines uh, Lucha inside out. Luchasaurus takes a fucking clothesline here, and that guy is more athletic than a man of his size should be. Uh, Marco outmaneuvers uh, Chris Daniels uh, and eliminates him. Wardlow tosses Marco Stunt out after that. Luchasaurus and Wardlow have a good hoss fight in the middle of the ring here. And then we have MJF and Wardlow eliminating uh, both Billy Gunn and Luchasaurus. Orange Cassidy rolls into the ring dead, uh, but he is still very much in this match. He uh, he ducks a punch from MJF that hits Mr. Wardlow. So a little more dissension there. You punched me in the eye. He's probably not going to be feeling too good about that. Nope. Uh, Jungle Boy eliminates MJF. And then Orange Cassidy and Jungle Boy handle Wardlow. Leaving Orange Cassidy and Jungle Boy in this match. A uh, pair of Superman punches. Uh, Jungle Boy dazes and tosses Orange Cassidy out here with like a Hurricane Rana move. Uh, to win the TNT title opportunity next week. So good for Jungle Boy. Yeah. Unfortunately, this probably means Jungle Boy is losing. Unless they decide to do something. Like, they could... That's but that's good pro wrestling. If you're sitting there being like they could, that's that's kind of all you're ever yeah, looking for. And I right? wouldn't necessarily disagree with it, only because they've done such a similar thing with Jungle Boy in the past with Jericho, which yeah. is like you're gonna get a title shot, even though we all know you're gonna lose, but it's gonna get you over because like we're gonna get you lots of offense and. Right. And I would say just them doing it again so soon after that is a little too obvious. The bummer with all of this is just that there's no fucking crowd. Yeah. Uh, because if you if you do a match with Cody and Jungle Boy and the plan is Jungle Boy's going to go over and then he's going to do the open challenge for a few weeks, uh, the crowd being there makes that decision, like Orange Cassidy, pulling the trigger on Orange Cassidy at any time. But without the crowd there to really put him over, I think you wait. That's like yeah, Young Bucks yeah. and FDR. Like, you wait until there's a crowd, you wait until a pay-per-view. Um, that's the only bummer, yeah. still. I just, is, I don't think that... Jungle Boy having another competitive match that he loses is going to do as much for him this time as right. he did with Jericho. Yeah, and I then think, and that begs the question: Then what happens? Yeah. <laughs> right? So if if Jungle Boy is going to lose this match, I think that spot should go to someone else instead. But if he wins, then great. Because I don't necessarily think Cody does need it. I mean, he does because he needs some form of credibility since he can't go for the world title. But I feel. You keep taking things away from Cody until there's like a heel turn, but I don't think that time is yet. And again, without a crowd, Cody is still extremely over uh, as a face with the crowd, and it's just no way. There's no way to gauge it. Think of the boon that like a Lance Archer and a Brody Lee had, kind of being able to develop their characters in AEW without a crowd there to to contradict it. Yeah. Um. You never know. The crowd's the variable. Uh. Anyways, Adam Page and Kenny Omega versus uh. Jimmy Havoc and Kip next week. We got Cody and Jungle Boy next week. We have Chris Jericho in action. And sometime this summer, we will see Moxley versus Cage. We get a stadium stampede recap. We go to a commercial break again where I have no audio, which was really awkward because it was cheerleaders dancing and guys playing drums. But I couldn't hear that audio. So it was just cheerleaders silently dancing like it's the fucking Smells Like Team Spirit uh, music video. <laughs> Vicky Guerrero introduces Inner Circle Listen, I get it She has an awful voice I don't want to hear it anymore um, But they are heels So at a certain point I'm like, kudos I don't want to listen to that lady talk uh, Chris Jericho welcomes us to the pep rally um, the, uh, the Inner Circle looks a bit beat up Sammy Guevara, of course, is on a crutch uh, You first to them 
as uh, five sexy phoenixes that will rise again. Uh, the men try to distribute their shirts to the crowd. The crowd turns on them and starts throwing the shirts back in the ring. Uh, Sammy gets on the mic. Uh, and says, hey, you know, we didn't win, but we did participate. And he hands out trophies to the boys. At this point, all of the boys start sharing gifts with one another at this pep rally. Yeah. Which is not what a pep rally is, but that's okay. Uh, Ortiz is still selling the bell spot. He can't hear anything. He's got ringing in his ears. I love that spot. Fuck, that's hilarious. Uh, Chris Jericho, uh, I think, gifts him a pair of earmuffs here, headphones, and he's able to hear again. <laughs> I can hear! Uh, and then the crowd starts yelling, he can hear. Uh, so I'm laughing. Uh, and just when I thought... I had seen the high point of this segment. Jake Hagar reads a poem. Did you listen to this yes, fucking thing? Holy fuck. This is perfect. Uh, he describes the inner circle as the perfect mix of sex and violence. Uh, he goes off page at the end and starts just losing it. Like he throws the page at a certain point. He looks into the camera and he's just like, I'm going to fucking rip all these guys apart. And like, yeah, like, sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, at which point um, they all have to calm him down. Uh, this is more done with this man than in how many years he was in WWE yeah uh, to make to first start him as a huge dangerous violent heel and then to give him like a comedy personality as these other big but men come like in but it's like unintentional yes uh, because the first comedy spot he had was when Jericho made him say sorry for Jericho yeah like I was like okay like that's a little goofy they've thing. softened him up as yeah. other big men have yeah, come into the company each week, yeah. week has gone by this shit gets funnier and funnier so great but right. it doesn't sacrifice the integrity no because when he when he turns on the intensity he's the same guy again. yeah uh, so well done Jake Hager. Uh they ask Chris Jericho who, who's pining uh, Sammy asks him what do you want Chris what do you want what can we do for you Chris Jericho says he wants Mike Tyson's head on a platter he just, that's, he just comes out and says that uh, thankfully Mike Tyson is here uh, Chris Jericho references uh, a Monday night back on January 11th, 2010, um, where he got slugged by, by Mike Tyson on an edition of Raw. Uh, Sammy's like, you know what, I don't have that, uh, but I do have a platter of cheese and bubbly. Only someone has eaten it. Who could it be? Mike Tyson and his crew show up. Man, Mike Tyson with post-TRT Vitor Belfort, um... <laughs> TRT is testosterone uh, replacement therapy. Okay. So for a little bit in the UFC, this was legal, and this is how older guys, since working out and doing all this stuff, really takes the testosterone out of you. This replaces it, but it's essentially like steroids because you're artificially adding testosterone to you right. more than you actually would at that point. So TRT, TRT, Vitor Belfort is a legend and a myth in MMA. He was unfucking touchable, <laughs> and then when the hammer came down on TRT. He like became a sh- like he was like twice as small. He was a shatter. Anyway, I've never heard someone described as twice as small. But no, yeah. So anyway, uh, Vitor Belfort comes out. He's, that, he's not the only one. So it's Mike Tyson. It's two of his goofy idiot buddies, and then a bunch of MMA fighters. Yeah. So it's yeah. Vitor Belfort, and then um, Henry Cejudo, who yeah. has recently come off another victory for his championship, and he recently retired as uh, a champion flyweight and featherweight. I want to say as well as also a Olympic gold medalist. Um, the king of cringe, everybody calls him, because he's dumb as fuck, and he makes a bunch of goofy faces. So he's in the right place. Yeah, and there was a, there was a third guy that I kept telling you. The best part about Cejudo is he's so fucking short, and when the people are lining up against the inner circle, Cejudo's trying to, like, get in there, but yeah. he's too short, and he can't, and I loved it. I was crying. Uh, Chris Jericho uh, starts cutting a promo on Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson grabs the microphone here at some point, and... and uh, Says Chris Jericho stole a championship. I'm not entirely sure what Mike Tyson is talking about here, but I'm not sure Mike Tyson knows what Mike Tyson is talking about here. Chris Jericho offers Mike Tyson one chance to apologize. Um, 
Oh, and Rashad Evans. That's right. the third one. Rashad Evans. Uh, Everybody knows who should, Rashad Evans is. I don't so the, the commentators there uh, famously didn't really put over these guys that came with Mike, but who knew, who knows what happened there? Like, Mike Tyson shows up with a posse of guys. It's Mike fucking Tyson. He can show up with anybody, and it would make sense, right? Uh, Chris Jericho here doesn't stand down, though, which was the, the... My favorite part of this was just Chris Jericho, in his delusional state, is calling out Mike Tyson... That I'm pretty sure in his prime could punch a man's head clean off his shoulders. <laughs> like if you're like, yeah, you like kill him, you'd sever his neck, the head would be flying in the opposite direction. Yes. Uh, he offers Mike one chance to apologize. Mike Tyson responds by failing to remove his shirt, uh, which made this even funnier. Uh, and from all stuff. accounts, Mike Tyson did nothing to bump up these numbers or anything. No. It yeah. Like so, this makes it even better. Uh, Chris Jericho shoves Mike, and all hell breaks loose. Like, um, <laughs> I, really I do like it. the implementation of MMA fighters into into wrestling. Like, we know with Impact when they implemented American Top Team. And Dan Lambert, the runner of that uh, coaching team and staff and everything, he's very charismatic and had very good promos. So, it's not a bad thing. No. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah, always good to have some uh, some famous faces on your show. Uh, it, there's a pull-apart angle. They, they wrestle Mike backstage. He comes back up on the ramp. They wrestle him back again. Uh, Chris Jericho's screaming, I'll get you, Tyson, and we go off the air. Uh, I will mention that the two goofballs that you cannot recognize, uh, one of them apparently allegedly named Gooch, that was the guy with the eye makeup and the, the pot belly, uh, these fucking grandstanding hot dog motherfuckers, but they were, they were on a pro wrestling show, and if they were given no instruction, they kind of did what anyone... Dude, the I thing guess. with Mike Tyson, I think, is that they were trying to give him instruction, but you're so intimidated and... Like, yeah, you can't give clear instruction to someone like that. Like, if you have to look back on Mike Tyson's entire life, and you're like, at what point in his life would I stand the biggest chance in beating Mike Tyson? And it's when he's a baby, and even then, I'm not sure. Uh, Mike Tyson's absolutely jacked, and this guy's planning to do a return to boxing. And, listen, boxing's in dire straits right now. They are not making new new champs. Um the, the Floyd Mayweather era of, of not very exciting matches, uh, and as these guys cycle out, it's very hard to name active boxers right yeah, now. And yet, well, like Deontay Wilder and like Tyson Fury. Um, sure, and yet there's they, two. <laughs> and yet they still make like three or four times as much as like the most popular MMA fighters yeah. do in a single fight, which is fucking nuts. So like Conor McGregor, for example, who had a fight with Cowboy recently, Cowboy Cerrone. Conor, after all promotion sponsors, everything was said and done, including his purse, he made about $30 million off that fight. You know how much Cowboy made? How much? And keep in mind, Cowboy is a veteran. He's been there for over a decade. The guy he murdered. He man. has yeah, most... Yeah. He has most... <laughs> he has, like, the most finishes and most fights in UFC history. He takes more fights than anybody else. More, most people fight, I don't know, two or three times a year. He fights, like, four to six. Like, he doesn't give a fuck. He got two hundred grand. Well, how does that work? Because they were like, all right, we're going to get Connor this much, or we're going to give you this much. Were you gonna say no? All right, well next, we'll ask the next guy because you're not important. Connor's important. That's wild. Yeah. So what? What the fuck do you do? How do you make thirty? How much? Like he that didn't go the full time. No. Like he knocked him out in like the the the, the, the length of time does not matter for how much money. No, no, no. I'm just saying Connor McGregor is making thirty million dollars for what may have been eleven yes, minutes of work. But that's all the promotion. That's all his sponsors. Yeah. That he gets a percent. I'm pretty sure it's in his contract. He probably gets a percentage of tickets. It's pretty wild. Uh, pay per view buys. Yeah, and then like the pay per view thing is interesting because like UFC is like, oh, their pay per view numbers are great. Oh, AEW's pay per view numbers shattered. It's like, yeah, because people aren't fucking sitting together watching pay per views. If we want to watch it. And we're uh, law-abiding, paying individuals. Uh, that means that you're buying it. I'm buying yeah. it. 
you know, the well, guy down the street. I have a it. good UFC card that I want to watch with my friends. All yeah. three of us will go and splits on it. So, anyways, uh, that's going to do it for the show this week. Your host this week, of course, myself, Lee. And Reed, uh, if you want to interact with the show, you can comment anywhere you see it posted at titsiceberg on Twitter. Lee at titsiceberg.com is my email address. We'll be back Wednesday. Uh, returning public beta podcast to its regular time, regular schedule, and then you'll hear us again talk about wrestling before the week is out on Friday, which will be AEW Dynamite from this Wednesday, Go Jungle Boy, uh, as well as The Big Show Show, uh, the last two episodes of that, and then Total Bellas. Once I'm done reviewing those shows, I will not be uh, returning for Big Show Show Season <laughs> 2. I just want to put that out there. Anyways, thank you so much for listening, as always, and that's the Sultans of... Slam and welcome to the-